Due to the graphic nature of this content, listener discretion is advised. If you are uh, not savvy to any types of violence resulting in death, please do not listen to this podcast episode. Listen to all my other podcast episodes, uh, my other ones. From the first two seasons, they're less uh, gory in detail. Take care of your mental health and of yourself, and we shall see you next week. Um... What's going on, Kitty Carriels? Today is a brand new day, and we are diving into the West Mesa Bone Collector. If you guys are from the 505, you know what this is all about. Um, for those of you who do not know, this is actually one of our own unsolved mysteries we have here in the 505. You are joint, you are uh, being entertained by the Odd Bot herself, and Nacho, who is. Who is no longer just a guest speaker, but a permanent fixture on this podcast. Yep. So. <laughs> I'm surprised too, guys. Yeah, podcast. Excuse the language. Excuse the language. If you. you guys know my podcast, I do a lot of swearing like a sailor, so you're going to get a lot more than you bargained for. But yeah. Um... It's been a fan favorite and people are asking questions. So, yes, I am going to have Nick Nitro as a permanent fixture on the Odd Pod, so the Odd Broad uh, podcast. So, do you all remember when the West Mesa Bone Collector was a thing um, way back when? This is uh, basically an unsolved mystery within our own home state. The West Mesa murders <clears throat> on 118th or on the 118th Street homicides are the murders of 11 women, seven of them who have been reported missing years before, but all of whom were locally engaged in prostitution, whose remains were found buried in 2009 in the desert of the West Mesa at part of Albuquerque, New Mexico. Several suspects have been named, but none have been arrested or charged. Well, it's unlikely that it was never reported, but one of the victims, Cinnamon Elks, had been warning other street workers about a dirty cop who'd been removing women's heads and burying them in West Mesa prior to her own disappearance. Really? A dirty cop. Why does that not surprise me? Hmm. Well, it is. We are close to Mexico, so you don't know. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> the West Mesa bone collector. Initially believed to be the work of a serial killer, the involvement of a sex trafficking ring has been suspected in the killings. That I don't doubt because they're everywhere. That's true. Yeah. And we're getting our information from Wikipedia and other news sources. So what you know is what we know and what we're reading is what you're hearing. So, yeah. An anonymous tip to the authorities at APD and FBI linked to the murders to a suspect from Central America. Police have also suspected the involvement of a sex trafficking ring operating through neighboring Texas that targets sex workers during the events throughout the southwest, southern, and western United States, especially regular scheduled events such as the New Mexico State Fair in this case to take advantage of reliably heavier traffic, a small fragment of human trafficking, Ring involves numerous population centers, including Las Vegas in Nevada, El Paso, Killeen in Texas, and Denver in Colorado. Okay, so the thing is, I do live in Vegas, and I'm just saying because we do see it everywhere, there is a high 
value of sex trafficking in Las Vegas. I mean, I've known people who were roped into that shit when I was working in a phone in a call center. You know, um, one girl managed to get out, but it's because she killed her pimp boyfriend, and she's probably somewhere back home, back east. Who knows? And she went by Bubbles. So Bubbles, if you're hearing this, hope you're all right. So go ahead, bro. Okay, check this out. Wow. This was the most horrific case probably Albuquerque in Mexico has ever seen. Police promised the families of the victims solving the murders was a top priority. Initially, that seemed to be the case. Investigators assembled a crack team of detectives bringing in FBI profilers working with the law enforcement. His victims fall between the ages of 15 and 19. Two were Hispanic and were suspected to be involved in a sex Albuquerque drug scene and worked as prostitutes. Shit. It took law enforcement and officials quite some time to recover the bodies. And then, and then they started the process of identifying each of one, of one of them quickly, coming to realize that many of them had been missing for years. Cause of death was ruled homicidal violence. Officially, the cause of death of the 11 women was homicidal violence. But in truth, the medical examiners and forensic experts, they couldn't actually figure out how the women died, which is very unusual. No witnesses have come forward and there were virtually no forensic evidence at the burial site which meant there were there was nothing to tie the victims together except their shaped gra- yeah, their shared grave and high risk lifestyles. Yeah, okay, so here's how they were found actually. On February second, two thousand nine, Christine Ross was walking her dog Ruka around the West Mesa. Ruka picked up a bone that looked suspiciously human. Maybe a femur. Christine texted a picture to her sister, a nurse. Her sister recommended that Ross contact the police because it was, in fact, a human femur. Over the next month, the incomplete remains were put together. At one point, investigators thought there were 13 victims found, but the number was eventually narrowed down to 11 women and a fetus buried in the area. So one of them was pregnant. They were between the ages of 15 to 32 years of age. Most were Hispanic and most were involved with drugs and sex work. All the women who were found went missing in 2003 or 2004. That's fucked to bury a, ba- a pregnant lady? Right. Oh my god. They were found not in a single mass grave, but rather they were found scattered under dry sand, hot sun, and tumbleweeds. The remains discovered in 2009 were identified as those of the following women and girls all of whom disappeared between 2003 and 2005. Monica Condelaria, who was 22, she was last seen in the area of 118th Street, southwest near Atrisco and Central and Southwest Albuquerque. On May 15, 2003, deputies said she lived a high-risk lifestyle and may have had gang ties. She had been convicted of prostitution once, according to court records. Sometimes between 2003 and, 2020, and 2005, a unknown person killed 22-year-old Monica and, her, and buried her in the West Mesa. Doreen Marquez, 27, police reported that she was last seen dropping a child off at Calvary Christian Academy on Lead. <clears throat> Lead, my bad. <laughs> Lead, Lead, they're also the same. Don't you dare get Albuquerque wrong. Oh, I know. I don't want, I don't want Booker coming after me like they came after that lady. 
you remember the lady on TikTok? Oh my god, this lady was like shit talking to Albuquerque, <laughs> and not only did people at Albuquerque come after her, but all of fucking New Mexico came after her ass. <laughs> but she's from California, but you know, <laughs> led southeast near university in October tenth, on two thousand three. But a friend later contradicted that she was saying that her last she was last seen in Borales, which was an inner city neighborhood of Albuquerque, New Mexico. Locally. Located immediately down south of downtown, sometime between 2003 and 2005, an unknown person killed 27-year-old Doreen and buried her in the West Mesa. Unlike many other women whose bones were found in West Mesa, Marquez did not have any prostitution arrests, but the police believe she engaged in it, nonetheless, but had a history of drug addiction. Victoria Chavez, 26. She was last seen in the area of 118th Street, southwest Albuquerque, New Mexico, on June 5th, 2003. Her mother reported her missing in March 2005. After she had not seen her more than a year, it was said that a missing persons report that Chavez was on probation and was known was a known drug user and prostitute. She had five prostitution convictions. According to court records, she was the first victim to be identified. In 2005, an unknown person killed a 26-year-old Victoria Chavez and buried her in Lisa, located adjacent to 118th Street Southwest in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Veronica Romero, 27. Veronica Romero was 27 when she was reported missing by her family on Valentine's Day in 2004. Sometime between 2004 and 2005, an unknown person killed 27-year-old Veronica Romero and buried her in the West Mesa. Jamie Barella, 15. She was last seen in the area of 118th Street, Southwest Albuquerque, on March 26, 2004. Using DNA evidence, forensic experts were able to identify it, the 15-year-old. She was last seen in a family gathering in March 2004. Her Jamie and her cousin Evelyn Salazar, who was also a victim, had left the gathering and went to a park near San Mateo in Gibson, Southeast. Jamie was the final skeleton to be identified. Unlike the other West Mesa victims, Brola had no prostitution or drug arrests. They were never seen again. Sorry, guys. Evelyn Salazar. Coffee's kicking in. (laughs) DNA evidence forensic investigators were able to identify 23-year-old Evelyn Salazar as one of the victims of a serial killer. She was last seen at a family gathering on March 26, 2004. Evelyn and her cousin Jamie Barella, who was also a victim of the gathering and went to a park near San Mateo in Gibson, Southeast. They were never seen again. She had been convicted of prostitution once, according to court records, and she was the 10th person to have been identified. Salazar was killed by an unknown person and buried her in the West Mesa. Salania Edwards 15. Salania ran away from her Lawton, Oklahoma home. I, I know, I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I heard, I'm sorry if I, if I pronounce this. <laughs> oh my god, George Lopez. What did I tell you about tattoos? I don't like them. I don't like them. <laughs> but last seen in the area of. Uh, no disrespect of. I don't know how to pronounce her name right, but. So, she was last seen on the around the areas of 118th Street, Southwest, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Using a sketch, and dental records office of a medical investigator were able to identify one of the unknown victims, victims by victims of the serial killer, Asalania. Uh, law enforcement authorities in Long, Oklahoma, had classified her as an endangered runaway and reported her missing in 2003. In May 2004, Edwards had been associating with prostitutes 
at East Colfax Avenue in Aurora, Colorado. Shaft may have been staying with at the Ranger Hotel Motel. Is that like a no-tell motel? Yeah. Edwards was seen in the company of three other women, Lucerita, Ty, and Diamond. She might have been using the nicknames Mimi or Chocolate. Edwards was 15 years old. I mean, you, you never see like names like Mimi or Chocolate. Toys Diamond. You from out of state, ain't you? Me from around here. Strangers don't like them. Uh, Edwards was 15 years old when she was last seen. Selenia did not fit the profile of other victims. They're all local Caucasian or Hispanic prostitutes in their 20s or 30s, with the exception of Jamie Brella, a teenager who disappeared with her aunt, who did fit the profile. Selenia was killed sometime between 2004 and 2005 and then buried in West Mesa. Virginia Cloven, 24, she was last seen in the area of 118th Street, Southwest Albuquerque, New Mexico, in April 2004. She's like, she called to say she had a new boyfriend who had just got out of prison and that she was probably going to marry him. What? <laughs> Wasn't that the, always, always the case with everybody, though? I mean, you ever seen that show, Love and Lockup? Uh-uh. Oh my god, don't watch it. It's gonna piss you off. Because it's all these chicks, like, you know, they pen pal with people from like that are like in jail. And then they, like, fall in love with these guys. And these guys are just using them for fucking homes, you know? It's, yeah, it's fucking dumb. And then there's some that actually make it, but some, most of them don't. Because one's got trust issues. Either or have trust issues. Shit's dumb. I mean, I get mad when I watch 90 Day Fiance and shit. <laughs> don't get me started on that one. <laughs> if you guys know, you know. They get... <laughs> you really want to be me? You want to be with me forever? Oh my! Oh my God! Okay. <laughs> okay. So, her father reported her missing four months later in October using DNA evidence. Forensic investigators were able to identify 24-year-old Virginia as one of the victims of the serial killer. Investigators believe that she was killed some between sometime between 04 and 05 by an unknown person who then buried her in the West Mesa. Cinnamon Elks, 32. She was last seen on 118th Street, Southwest, Albuquerque, New Mexico, on August 20th, uh, 2004. Sometime between 2004 and 2005, an unknown person killed 32-year-old Cinnamon Elks and buried her in the West Mesa, located adjacent to 118th Street, Southwest, in Albuquerque. She was 32 when she went missing and was the third of the West Mesa victims to be identified. She, like many of the others, had a string of prostitution and solicitation arrests, 19 total with 14 convictions. She was friends with at least three of the victims, Gina, Michelle Valdez, Victoria Chavez, and Julie Nieto. Julie Nieto, Julie's mother, Eleanor Griego, says that she lost on Nieto in 23, then 23, on July 15 in 2004, at Griego's father's house. She left behind a young son who Griego said she had doted over. According to Eleanor, Julie started doing drugs when she was around 19, sometime between 2004 and 2005. An unknown person killed 24-year-old Julie and buried her in West Mesa. Michelle Valdez was last seen in Albuquerque on September 22, 2004. Michelle's father, Dan Valdez, reported her missing in February 2005 
when she was 22, sometimes between 2004 and 2005, an unknown person killed 22-year-old Michelle Valdez and buried her in West Mesa. Michelle was pregnant at the time of her death. The skeletal remains of her four-month-old unborn child were found buried with her. Her bones were the second set to be identified. Court records show Michelle Valdez had been convicted of prostitution once. According to satellite photos, the last victim was buried to be buried in 2005 was Selenia Edwards, the 15-year-old runaway from Lawton, Oklahoma, was the only African-American and the only victim out of state. Michelle Valdez was four months pregnant at the time of her death. Along with the 11 confirmed victims, there were at least other six potential victims unidentified um, who were reported missing in the Albuquerque area since 2001, along with the others. All of them were involved with drugs and prostitution, but investigators are not certain which other cases are connected. Each of the potential victims are classified as missing and disappeared in the area at the time period when the perpetrator was known to be active. Jeanette Maria de la Cruz, 19. Jeanette was last seen at her residence with the vicinity of the 1100, with the 1800 block, I'm sorry guys, of Montgomery Northeast, Albuquerque. On October 20th, 1999, Little information is available about her case, but no, but foul play is suspected, but she was not found near the um, West Mesa um, area. Darlene Trujillo, 20, Trujillo was last seen in Albuquerque on July 4, 2001. She dropped her young son at her grandmother's residence around 11th Street and Northwest Headingley Avenue and asked her to watch him while she took a two-day trip to Arizona. She was accompanied by an Hispanic male at the time of her presence, her disappearance, my bad. Uh, he has been publicly identified as Jorge Trujillo. Never returned to Albuquerque. A week later, she was last seen. Her aunt reported her disappearance to police. Weeks after that, Jorge returned to Albuquerque alone. He told Trujillo's aunt that he had not gone to Arizona, but to Tucum Carry, New Mexico. Jorge started that they had, they had a fight, and Trujillo left in a car they had driven in. He never saw her again. Jorge is wanted for questioning by, by police by about her disappearance, but authorities have been unable to locate him. So do you think he just took off? He might be a suspect. She was separated from her son's father at the time she went missing. Her loved one stated it was uncharacteristic of her to abandon her child. Her case remains unsolved. That's messed up, man. I mean, I get it. Like, when... When people split up, especially when there's kids involved, you wouldn't think, you know, you know no parent would, would abandon their kid, especially if it was their mom, you know? Christine Julian, 31. She was last seen approximately 12 p.m. at a residence in the vicinity of 100 block of Ortega in Albuquerque. On April 14, 2003, Julian had worked at the Albuquerque strip clubs, knockouts, and baby dolls. She left behind a daughter. Due to her lifestyle, it was believed that drugs or alcohol may have been contributing to her disappearance. Family members also believe that Christine may have moved to Wisconsin to live with her biological father. Christine never arrived to her father's home, though, and she was still registered as missing. On July 2005, five years later, she was missing. She was declared legally dead. No body, no, no nothing. Brenda Jean... Apolacho. Is that Apolacho? Wait, how do you pronounce the last name? I can't.
Palacio? Yeah, we are. Sorry if we mispronounced that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to give you guys a disclaimer, like we always say. If I mispronounce the names, I sincerely apologize. Brenda was last seen in the evening, early evening hours of May 26th, um, 2003, at a family member's residence in the vicinity of the 3100 block of Lafayette Northeast in Albuquerque. She was never heard from again. Martha Joel Lucker. <clears throat> Martha visited her mother and children on September 3rd, 2003, sometimes within a week. Within weeks to follow, Martha and her friend began frequenting the area of East Central Avenue. One of those instances, Martha disappeared. Neither friend nor family have heard from her since her disappearance. Melinda Juanita Jenkins. Jenkins was last seen in Albuquerque on December 24th, 2004. She had never been heard from again. Her daughter reported her missing six years after her disappearance. Authorities learned that her family believed that she had been homeless in Albuquerque. She actually lived in Columbus, Ohio. Melinda's daughter told police other family members that she saw around Albuquerque on Christmas. 2004, Melinda's daughter stated her mother was bipolar and did not know if she was taking medication for her illness. So she might have, you know, wandered off because if you don't take care of bipolar, it gets worse in time. And if you're if you're neglecting your medication, it gets worse. Oh, I bet. Like really worse. Anna V Hill. Anna V Hill was last seen in Albuquerque on January twenty first, two thousand five. She was never heard from again. She was reported missing on January twenty ninth. V Hill left a three year old son. Few details are available for her case. Felipa Gonzalez was last seen in Albuquerque, New Mexico, on twenty seventh of two thousand five. Shortly after she was released from jail, she was never heard from again. Nina Haron. Haron was last seen in approximately 5 o'clock p.m. on May 14, 2005, at a residence in the vicinity of the 18,000 block of <clears throat> Central Northeast in Albuquerque. She was never heard from again. Jillian Elizabeth Henderson Ortiz. Henderson Ortiz was last known to be in Moriarty, New Mexico, in 2006, and she lived and last seen. She was last seen in Albuquerque. Her mother spoke to her on her phone on January 16th, and Henderson Ortiz said she was going to California to visit her brother. She was never heard from again. Chantel Waits. Waits was last seen in Albuquerque uh, during around March 15th, 2006. She was never heard from again. Leah Peebles. Peebles was moved to from Fort Worth, Texas to Albuquerque on May 5th, 2006. She was temporarily residing with friends in the vicinity of the 2100 block of Arab Street, <clears throat> North East, when she disappeared on May twenty second, two thousand six, she left to go home on a date. She left the home to, to go on a date with a man she had met on the at the Flying Star Cafe, where she planned to start working the following week. She never returned. Has never been heard from again. Her vehicle was later found abandoned. Peebles grew up in a middle class Christian home in Fort Worth. Her parents stated she was molested by a distant relative as a toddler and raped by an acquaintance when she was fourteen. She was initially a good student at Carter Riverside High School and active as a cheerleader in drama and yearbook staff. But by her sophomore year, she began using drugs and alcohol, dropped out of her extracurricular activities when people was 18. Her parents put her in the Fort Worth Teen College Challenge, a Christian residential drug and alcohol treatment facility for women. She stayed in the program for 21 months. 
graduated from cosmetology school and took a job as a beauty, at a beauty salon. But soon she relapsed and began using a variety of illegal drugs. She was convicted of drug offenses twice and served two short jail sentences. Peebles was fired from her job at the salon after the second arrest, as her drug use had made her an unreliable employee. Her parents wanted her to return to rehab, but she decided to move to Albuquerque instead. She hoped to get started in new life and make new and better friends and stop her drug and alcohol abuse, but Peebles disappeared. There were sightings of her reported in the Albuquerque area. The witnesses reported Peebles was calling herself Mia and was working as a prostitute for a pimp called AJ, who supplied her with crack cocaine. Police questioned AJ, whose real name is Donald Sears, after he was arrested in Bakersfield, California. He said he had never heard of Peebles. Her father made about 11 trips to Albuquerque as well as Phoenix and Las Vegas to search for her. Last credible sighting was on the fall of 2006, and her father thought she may have been sold to a pimp in another city. People's father was killed in an accident in South Dakota in 2014, and as obituary, People's is listed as having surviving her, and her case remains unsolved. That's sad. That's fucking crazy. Oh my god. That's all crazy, man. I mean, there's like one, there's one more. We took a drink, guys. That one took a lot. Of, that one took a lot of me. Coffee. Tomorrow, babe. Tomorrow, we were gonna play, but we decided to do this one instead. Vanessa Reed, Reed was seen out was last seen in Albuquerque, New Mexico, on June thirteenth, in two thousand six. She was living in a motel at the time of her disappearance. I may have been involved in prostitution. She was last seen walking away from the motel after a fight with her sister. Reed was never seen or heard from again. Because of their body, none of their bodies were discovered, along with the confirmed victims, it's suspected by law enforcement that they are buried in separate mass graves. On nine, on December 9, 2010, Albuquerque police released six photos of seven of the other unidentified women who may be linked to the West Mesa. Police did not say how or where they had been obtained the photos. Some of the women appeared to be unconscious, and many share the same physical characteristics as the original 11 victims. All right, I'm going to pause right there. And what are the, what are one of the, the facts that I gave you guys about serial killers? The golden pattern. Exactly. Characteristics. Like Bundy and... Their modus operandi. Like, they go after certain attributes like Bunny did with blonde hair brunette girls Dahmer went with um young Hispanic or black males um Gacy went after young teen males that were buff um you got what's his name with the um that one guy who did we talk about Gary Ridgway he went after prostitutes mainly you know It's all within characteristics. You start seeing a pattern, and you start following that pattern. BTK killer went after. He didn't watch it, but he was just his 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 motive or how he or his yeah yeah that's his motive. Yeah, he went after families and single parents, single females, or people that lived alone, like that old lady. 
that old lady. He went after that old lady. And she wasn't there, so. Oh, Anna, where have you gone? Oh, Anna, you survived. Thank you. Okay, so. The following day, the police released... Okay, I read that. Um, An additional photograph of another woman... This woman was subsequently identified by family members who reported that she had died of natural causes several years earlier. Okay. Um, on the t- December 13, 2010, police reported that two of the women in the photos had been identified as alive and could be available, if, have valuable information that if they can be located. And on June 2018, more bones were found near the site of the burial, but these were later determined to be ancient and not related to West Mason murders. There was actually two suspects, um, but yeah. <sighs> actually, there's three. There was three suspects in the whole thing. Um, a total of three: Fred Reynolds, Lorenzo Montoya, and let's see, who was that other guy? Joseph Blee. He was dubbed the middle school rapist and his activities in the 80s. He often would break into homes of 13 to 15 year old girls who lived near McKinley Middle School in Albuquerque, raped them in one case. There was a DNA sample, but the rape kit was not retested until 2010, eventually linking Blee to the rape. So he was a suspect. Um, they thought that, that Fred Reynolds might have been because... There was uh, a lot of pictures of him. There was, like, photos of um, sex workers that he had in his possession. But he was a pimp, too, so you never know. Um, He died of natural causes, so they didn't really get a chance to question him. So, there was that. Lorenzo Montoya lived less than three miles from the burial site. Um, They say he strangled a a teenager at his trailer when he, he was shot to death by the team's boyfriend. So... It would appear the killings would stop after he died, so it could have been him. What you got, bro? Same. <laughs> APD won't call West Mason murderers a cold case. They say they also won't name any suspects. They actually have a bigger pool of people they're looking at than, than never before. To this day, law enforcement has been able to, un- to unable determine who was and is the West Mason bone collector. Things take an unusual turn when they look at the potential of a list of suspects. Lorenzo Latoya, like you said, had a rather suspicious criminal background. He not only lived near the burial site, but he was arrested in 1999 for attempting to strangle a prostitute that he picked up <clears throat> and taken to a secluded area. In 2006, Montoya died after the boyfriend of Sherry Hill, another prostitute, murdered him. Montoya had hired Hill and then tied her up and strangled her. But when she didn't emerge from Montoya's home at the time she had said she would, her boyfriend, whom she brought with her, approached the house and killed Montoya in self-defense. Suspiciously, the West Mesa murders stopped when Montoya was killed leading the authorities to conclude that they may have been the killer. He may have been the killer. He might have. That's crazy, you know, because these cities close to there, and, you know, when they stop, 
Look what he was doing to that prostitute, or that girl. Strangling he was strangling her. And most of them died in a violent manner. They didn't specify if they were asphyxiated or something, you know? West Mesa bone collector might also be responsible for the disappearance of six other women. Another suspect is Joseph Blee. Blee. Yeah. His wife, Cheryl, suspected he may have been the West Mason bone collector. First, there were a large collection of jewelry found in their home that didn't belong to either her or her daughter. Then a stash of women's underwear was found in their backyard shed. What the fuck? Leah had already been on the law enforcement's radar thanks to his habit of stalking prostitutes in Albuquerque's East Central neighborhood. Plus, he had also been arrested for exposing himself in public. When the police finally caught up with him to bring him in for questioning, they discovered electrical tape and rope in his car. In fact, after the bones were found in Waste Mesa, Leah's ex-wife, April Gillen, promptly called the police to inform them that she had she believed her ex-husband was a killer. However, so far, nothing was definitively definitively connected him to the crimes. Leah remains in prison for raping the 13-year-old girl. Leah is currently in prison serving a 36-year sentence for raping the 13-year-old girl. Authorities say Leah wore a ski mask and attacked his victims and was usually armed with a knife. Police have never charged him for anybody or anybody else in the West Mesa murders in 2002. Scott Lee Campbell was released from prison early, having agreed to work for the FBI as an informant on the case, but instead he went on a killing spree, causing him to wind up back in prison in 2005. Wow. So let him go as an informant. Yes, good job done. What the hell are they thinking? I have no idea. Campbell actually has another bunch of convictions. Besides the uh, murder cases, he has fraud, forgery, felon and possession of a uh, firearm and attempted escape. So he is actually imprisoned in the Coleman Sumner County, Florida Penitentiary. Oh my God. Um, Terry Kimball. Yeah. Jesus. Since then, he has been accused of murdering his former cellmate's girlfriend, Jennifer McCurrum, as well as 19-year-old woman, yeah, woman named Casey McCleod. Who would have technically been his stepdaughter as he married her mother after she vanished? Kimball was reportedly killed. Kimball also reportedly killed his uncle, Terry Kimball, and a woman named Leanne Emily. He is currently serving a 70 year prison term. Damn. He is also a possible suspect in the West Mason Bowl Collector murders. In 2011, the authorities listed Kimball as a suspect in West Mesa killings. He allegedly visited the area regularly between 2002 and 2005 for his job and has a history of violence. However, he denies being the killer and no direct connections have been made between him and the victims. Huh. George Walker, a private investigator in the Albuquerque area, began receiving messages from someone claiming to know the West Mesa boat collector is. In fact, the emails and phone messages are suspected to belong to the killer himself. However, law enforcement still hasn't determined who has been leaving the messages, and they still aren't sure if the person even knows anything reliable, as none of the information provided has been verified. Jeez. Jeez. 
it is. They kill her and they just probably fucking with her. Probably. Yeah. Basically, because that's how sometimes how some of these dudes are. They're fucking just ruthless like that. Um, there was uh, pictures of the the victims, and I noticed a lot of similarities within how they all look. They all have specific face features, how their eyes are, everything. And um, one of the pictures of uh, the the scene of the crime yeah there's actually someone that posted that in memory of all the missing street and murdered street women she may have lived on the street but she was not a piece of trash I mean it's it's upsetting because there's a lot of females out there that you know, I don't, I don't knock people who do sex work. You go and do what you gotta do, but be safe about it. You know. Um, Excuse me, sorry about that. There's a lot of like, there's a lot of females that go missing that do that work, that type of work. Even if you know. They take on the risks. Yeah, they, they know the risks, but they try to like have themselves protected. You know, it's it's upsetting and heartbreaking when you hear that people like that are murdered over, you know, someone's lustful convictions and shit like that, so, it's fucking wrong, I genuinely feel bad for these women, because they didn't deserve any of that, no one does, and for them to be found out in that hard, that harsh, that harsh manner that they were found out, yeah, it's just like, one clusterfuck after another and the fact that they may have had the suspect in their custody or may have known that the suspect was you know there and not do anything about it that's even worse because it just proves that they're not doing their jobs properly right it may be just another hooker to you but she's someone's daughter mother sister granddaughter niece you know it's like ugh good job Albuquerque So, you guys, this was the Albuquerque Bone, the West Mesa Bone Collector. That was was Albuquerque, New Mexico. If you're from the 505, you know. Oh my god. As you all know, I already did a New Mexico serial killer, and that was uh, David Parker Ray in the toy box. That was. Was that the one down there? TRC? Yeah. That's just, dude. Listening to that tape, listening to his tape was so fucking brutal. I mean, I got the damn chills from listening to it. I was like, ugh, I couldn't, I couldn't even with that shit. Okay, kitties. Even though it might have been in the past, it's still a lead is a lead that they could follow. Don't leave the path cold. Don't leave the case cold. Any any type of help or any type of tip works and helps. You know, you can be anonymous. Call the hotline. Help 
find out who did this to these girls. And don't forget, this story blog that I'm reading from was updated nine, I'm sorry, three years ago. So, I'm sorry, two years ago. So, yes, this still is an open case. It was like I said, this isn't a cold case. Mm-hmm. It's still... They're still, they're still collecting leads. They're mm-hmm. still following leads because this is a case that needs to be solved immediately. This is one of the biggest things um, that happened in Albuquerque, actually, with the, uh, it being a mass grave. And yes, oh my God. Awesome. <laughs> so. Alright guys, so that was the West Mesa Bone Collector. Uh, tomorrow, we'll probably do uh, Cards Against Humanity or for, if we find something else to talk about for now. <laughs> but uh, after Thursday, we will be off air until the 28th. That gives us time to research on other stuff. And like I said, I'm moving back from the 702 to the 505. So I'll be here. And like I said, permanent fixture. Nick Nitro. <laughs> so you guys know how to reach us on our socials, uh, Odd Pods of the Odd Broad on IG or it's Cyrus to you or on my Snapchat at it's Cyrus to you or you can find my brother at Nick Nitro, Facebook, Nick Nitro 86, Instagram, James E. Boy 42069, Snapchat. Alright, you guys know where to find us. So, yep. Yeah. Bye.